When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. The Minnesota Vikings are pretty much the best team in North American team sports to never win a championship. Welcome to Before We Die with Jesse and Thor on Purple Daily and Score North. What's going on, everybody? Happy Boxing Day, happy Kwanzaa, happy post-Christmas and Christmas Eve. Hopefully you guys had wonderful holidays. This is Purple Daily's Before We Die. I'm Jesse Pierce covering your Minnesota Wild for NHL.com, but this year, all aboard the Minnesota Vikings. We're here on a victory Monday. We love it. He's Thor Nystrom. Uh, he's at the bottom of the standings of his own show, Thor's Hammers. Uh, so that's really good for all of us involved, especially for our producer, Ross Brendel over there, who is <laughs> making a comeback. Christmas is over, Thor. I don't have to be nice anymore. So, oh, you know, it's just the truth. I just spit in yeah. facts. And uh, Ross I... is coming for that uh, that second place. He's in second place right now, I think, above Thor. Oh, I still have my sights. You got to remember, we have at least one playoff game. At least one, as many as four for me to continue to close that gap. Uh-huh. It's going to happen. I mean, I'll still win. As long as I still win, that's all that matters. We will have updated Thor's Hammer standings on Thursday, as always, plus new standings. I am on location, FYI, if you're wondering what is going on behind me. If my audio sounds a little funky, if a child comes through or a family member, I apologize. I am up at Rainy Lake, International Falls, Minnesota, where my family's from. So uh, spending some holiday time and cheer with them. But the family did get together on Christmas Eve to watch the Minnesota Vikings, to watch the Minnesota Vikings do what they do best, it seems, this season. Not only just win, but win in dramatic fashion where you're biting your nails. Greg's the leg with a career-high 61-yarder to get that victory. Your Minnesota Vikings are now 12-3 with that 27-24 win over the Giants. You guys, why? Like, I can't do this the rest of the year. Like, this is just so insane. We'll have to issue an apology to Greg, too, by the way. We do. We got to let Greg know we are sorry for attacking him, mostly Ross. But... What did you guys I'm think of the sorry. game? How did your Christmas? <laughs> I think I How elevated him. We'll get there. I mean, we'll get probably. there. We'll get there. What did you guys make just initially? Were you, I mean, you kind of thought after that big 33 come from behind against Indy, this could have been a game that was set up for disappointment, a letdown similar to what you saw with the Bills and Dallas games. But nope, Minnesota just wanted to make you guys wonder what was going to happen. And they, they pull out the win, uh, you know, Thor. Did you see this coming? Um, it's no, but yes. You know, it's like it's like the same story every week, but it has a, a happy ending. You know, every single week I find myself tweeting out, this team is going to shave 10 years off my life. But unlike <laughs> the last couple teams that were doing that, this team manages to win at, at the end of, of, of every single game. But yeah, 
followed a very, very similar script where they, they get, well, the, to, to a lot of the games this year, not to the Colts game, but they, they get out to the lead and then they, they let the other team back into it. And then they need some heroics at the end and something happens that you thoroughly did not expect in a 60 plus yard game winning field goal by Greg Joseph was not on my bingo card. Absolutely not. <laughs> so our guy Judd Zolgad tweeted out during the game that this is essentially the Minnesota Vikings this year. This is this is what they do. They make right. things re- they make things really difficult on themselves. And if you still don't believe that, I don't think you're watching the same games that we are. Again, not taking anything away. They're still winning the games. But Judd's tweet, I was trying to scroll to find it, and I couldn't find the exact tweet, so I'll just put it in summary. Uh, our guy at Jay Zolgad on Twitter basically said, this is what the Minnesota Vikings do. They make it incredibly hard on themselves, but at the end when the clock hits zero, they'll end up with the victory. And that is literally an hour later exactly how it played out. I'll say this. I continue to be hopeful that the Vikings will win a game comfortably. I know we'll talk more about the Packers and previewing that game later this week. Maybe the Vikings will go on the road and put Green Bay to sleep for the rest of the season, and maybe that'll be the game. I will say this, though. The the Giants are okay. They're not great. They're not bad. They're a pretty good team. They're likely still going to be a playoff team. So you knew you'd be pushed a little bit. I thought there were obviously opportunities that the Vikings let slip through their hands uh, to maybe uh, pull that game, not pull it out, but make it a bit of a more comfortable victory. I will continue to say this. Ed Donatel's defense, better, still not good, not good when they needed it the most. And if we're going to rip Ed Donatel all the time in a 12-3 and season, I do think KOC continues to open himself up to a little bit of criticism. These play calls on third and inches and fourth and inches, if the team wasn't 12 and three, some of them are fireable offenses. Like they're just really Mm -hmm. bad play calls. And at some point that's going to have to change. And look, I get it. The first time they hand the ball off on fourth and a half a yard and get stuffed, that's all we're going to hear about is, Oh, this is why they like to pass the ball. Okay. Sometimes it's process over result and you are passing the ball way too much on third and one and fourth and one. If you are going to have a really good running back like Dalvin Cook on your on your payroll and you're not going to use him the way he should be used, then get rid of him in the offseason and save the cap space. Because yeah. I, there, were just, there were too many points in that game where I was super frustrated, and because it was Christmas Eve, I didn't text you two. You should have. We were all watching the game. I, I the Vikings I get it. owe me. The Vikings owe me a case of high noon because I drank all of them when I wasn't supposed to because I was so stressed <laughs> out by the game. Like, come on I, now. I get it. They're twelve and three, and we should be very positive about it. And I'm trying to be very positive, but I'm also trying to help this team have the easiest path and easiest run to a Super Bowl championship they can have, and they refuse to do some of the things that I think would be very helpful. Uh, do they not do they not watch this podcast? I mean, come on. <laughs> we know Chris Boyd does. Um, no, I, I think the the biggest concern I had, and it's something that I've always we've talked about it a little bit, but probably not as heavy. That's secondary. The Minnesota secondary is is tough. And I think they cost um some of those those problems for Minnesota this week. That would be my biggest concern. Again, they pull it out every time. Like I'm not really sure what else we can what else you could say. I think um, this last game, 
TJ Hawkinson, that he gets the game ball, in my opinion. He had a career-high 15 catch- catches, 109 yards, plus two touchdowns. Um, what a pickup. What a steal from Detroit. You love to see it. Uh, Justin Jefferson, he continues to do his thing. 12 catches, 133 yards. Breaks Randy Moss's single-season receiving record. Now has 1,723, and he hit 100 yards for the 24th time in his career. Um <clears throat> Say it again, because I asked my cousin's fiance this. Uh, he used to play football over at UMD Bulldogs. So shout out to my buddy Dre. Um, I told him I was going to steal this take, which I am doing absolutely. I said, "Who do you think's better, Randy Moss or Justin Jefferson?" And we talked about this on a recent episode as well, right, you guys? He had brought up a good point, saying, "Again, it is. It's too early to say that JJ is a better than Randy Moss, right? Like he, he is soliciting himself." further and further for an MVP season this year. But, you know, the way that Randy uh, way that Randy ran the routes against some of the best defensive backs to play the game, whereas JJ has gone up against a lot of young guys, right? There's there's that to be considered too. I mean, you saw what Darius Slade did against him, and he is one of the best. The rest of these guys that JJ's gone up against maybe haven't been as tough as Randy saw. What do you guys think about that take? Okay, well, there you threw a lot out there, so we're gonna you start threw with a lot the, out there, didn't I? We're gonna start with the bad, and then we're gonna go incrementally up and hit every single one. the The bad one is the pass defense of the Vikings, so we'll we'll start out with that one. It's it's troubling what the Giants receivers were able to do to the Vikings cornerbacks. The Giants receivers, as we talked about last week, are not good. Isaiah Hodgins, I'm I'm glad Isaiah Isaiah Hodgins is doing something in the NFL now. But like, like in, in college, what was good about him at Oregon State, he didn't drop any balls. Like his, his contested catch stuff was really good and his hands were good. But he couldn't create any separation, even in college, against the crappy Pac-12 cornerbacks. So it's like, oh, you know, the Vikings should do okay with him. And then some of these other, like, less skilled receivers that the Giants have. And th- they were doing stuff all game against the Vikings cornerbacks. And then Danny Dimes, he, he had time a lot of the time. And he was throwing actual dimes. It wasn't like an ironic nickname to mock uh, Daniel Jones. So that thing continues to be troubling. Uh, Duke Shelley, he, he certainly came down to Your earth. Your boy. My boy. <laughs> he, you know, the, the highest graded player from the, the Colts game or whatever. Came back down to earth. But he still did pretty good work in comparison to the other people around him. He Once again, he was the team's best cornerback. So you can't really dog on him and they got a decent game from Metellus certainly on special teams but also like the limited snaps that he got on defense um but then you like the, the other cornerbacks you know between Dantzler you wonder what he's doing Shannon Sullivan had a bad game I hope he's not listening to the pod uh today and then Peterson <laughs> you know he had a couple good plays but overall was was not a great day for him so that th- that part of it is tough um but as far as the Vikings passing offense was awesome Justin Jefferson what can you say about him Justin Jefferson, in my opinion, is the MVP of the league because he fits all the definitions. He is the most valuable player in the NFL. If if you took him off the Vikings, the Vikings record would be more affected than if you took any singular other player off any other roster. Um, You know, the the Vikings now, they've won however many, uh, is it 10 or 11 one-possession games? If you took Jefferson off this team, they would go from 10-0 or 11-0 in those games to winning three or four of them. I mean, that it's not a controversial take whatsoever. And he's having a historical wide receiver season. We'll see if he ends up uh, breaking the, the records on that. As far as him against Randy Moss through, through three seasons, 
Justin Jefferson is the better, more complete receiver. Like uh, on a one-off play, you would take Randy Moss if you needed a 50-plus yard strike, like on one play. But for basically everything else in the first three seasons, you would take Justin Jefferson. And by the way, he has the same gravitational pull on the field that Randy Moss does, and probably even more. Uh, because the, the help that you have to give every single play, you know, whether it's the goal line, whether it's third and four, whether it's just any random play on the field, the defense is always giving help on Jefferson. You always got the deep help on Moss, but with Jefferson, he is getting double and triple teamed every single play. I think, uh, Thor, to your point on league MVP, I am torn on this, but not the way that you think I would be torn on this. I think he should be the league MVP. I think Cooper Cup probably should have been the league MVP last year, but I believe he finished third in the voting. So if Cooper Cup finished third in MVP voting last year, that doesn't set great precedent for Justin Jefferson. However, at the end of the year, Justin Jefferson may have better better numbers than Cooper Cup did. My complaint is larger than this. And I've heard other people make this take before. So in a way, I guess I'm stealing somebody's take or rehashing it. We should just no longer have a league MVP. We should just hand out an award to who is the best quarterback in the NFL because that's all they ever give the MVP to. Other than Adrian Peterson's fantastic year, 95% of the time it goes to the quarterback. If we're truly just going to do that, then there shouldn't be a league MVP award that allegedly is open to defensive ends, cornerbacks, wide receivers, and running backs. Because what more does Justin Jefferson have to do this year to be a league MVP? And I have my doubts he'll even sniff winning it. Hey, I don't disagree with that. Apologies for the dog saying hello and the rest of the family coming through. And Thor, we applaud you for that breakdown. We're very pro cat and dog on this podcast. Uh, Lainey might make another appearance. I'll, if she does, I'll hold her to the camera again. But if we're going to talk quarterbacks, let's talk about Kirk Cousins yet again. Now, I'm not necessarily putting him in that MVP candidate, but he joins an elite list of quarterbacks as the fifth quarterback to now have eight straight seasons with 25-plus uh, scoring passes. He joins TB12, Peyton, some other people too. Um, you know, Kirk still kind of doing his thing. There were some frustrating moments yet again where he, you know, instead of throwing the ball away, he tries to do something. He holds on to it and gets the sack or loses for yards, right? Um, but, you know, again, I think I'm team Kirk. I never thought I'd say that. I just never thought I would say that. I will admit it. Um, he's still doing his thing correctly. And I think, you know, Kirk Gochains doesn't come out until the second half. Would I be inaccurate in thinking that, you guys? What are your thoughts? Is Kirk Cousins only a Kirk Gochains second half type of quarterback, or how do we get that that image to start sooner rather than later? No, he 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 had a fine game, right? Like, I mean, Kirk Cousins is he's not a uh, superstar or whatever, but he goes as his supporting cast does, and admirably has stood in there all season when he's especially getting the interior pressure. Right, the, the the tackle play has mostly been good this this season. Outside the the Christian Darrisaw concussion with the three weeks or whatever that was, four weeks. Um, but you know the interior pressure—it's been a thing all season long, continues to be. And Kirk Cousins has taken a monstrosity amount of hits because of that. But when he has the time to get rid of the ball, it, he's generally going to make the right decision. Not always. Uh, we've seen him miss some receivers th- this year, and he. 
he does have some, you know, the propensity on some drives to, gl to glitch a little bit, but certainly not in the way of some other quarterbacks where they're just giving games away. And, you know, the thing that you love to see with, with Cousins, there's that stat out there that he is now tied Stafford for the most fourth quarter comeback since whatever the cutoff is, whatever, um, you know, is what we talked about last week. He's like, it, he's not like the, 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 the raw, raw sort of leader guy, but he is the even keeled, like no matter how bad or good things get, he's always the same kind of guy. And I think his teammates super duper appreciate that, especially because there's a lot of uh, workmen like lunch pail type guys on the offense. Like we mentioned, Justin Jefferson, mm -hmm. it, it, he goes out there and gives it a thousand percent every play, whether it's it's a, a route that's designed to go to him or to Ross's point from last week, whether he's just blocking and the run's going to the other side, Justin Jefferson is still going to give you 100% effort on, on his blocking assignment on that play as well. So so Kirk Cousins, is, his personality and his ethos goes along with this team as well, and, and I think that speaks to, to how this team has been able to come back uh, so often this year. I, I think a Kirk Cousins comparison that might be specific to this year probably is specific to other years, but you didn't notice it as much because the team wasn't winning, which is where this comparison comes from. To me, there's a lot of parallels to Kirk Cousins this year and good Pittsburgh Steelers teams led by Ben Roethlisberger. How many times was Ben Roethlisberger actually taking a beating for three, three and a half hours, but in a game late in the fourth quarter, you just had a feeling if this is within single digits, if this is within seven points, or if the Steelers need seven or three to win this game, Ben, who's had his butt kicked for three hours and maybe has two turnovers and only one touchdown pass. He's going to take them down the field and tie or win this game. That is what Kirk Cousins has been doing this year. That's all I've ever wanted from Kirk Cousins. I, I've said this numerous times. I think most people believe this. I don't care really about the numbers. As long as the team goes 13-4, and four, makes it to a Super Bowl, dare I say wins a Super Bowl, competes for a Super Bowl. I don't care if his numbers look like what Matt Stafford had last year. Throw 20 picks. I don't care. Win the game when it matters. Don't put up a bunch of yards when you're down by 20 and everybody goes, oh, Kirk Cousins threw for 320 yards today. Yeah, and 250 of them were when the game was over and it didn't matter. This is the Kirk Cousins that I love. This is the Kirk Cousins that I'm here for, and I don't have nearly that much to rip him for. I think he has been a part of the problem for years, not just with the Vikings, but with Washington. But the KOC dynamic has changed things, and that's where the Vikings were right. That's where they should get some credit. Ownership, Quasi, however they came together on this decision for KOC, at least for this year, it's working, and it's been really fun to watch. So fun to watch to the point the Purple Daily was reached out to by the crazy Canadian Cousins Crusaders of Purple Daily. If anybody can say that seven times fast without getting their tongues twisted, send it to me on the Score North app. We have a group of Cousins Crusaders, huge Kirk Cousins fans, and right now with a 12-3 and football team, who isn't huge Kirk Cousins fans? They reached out. They asked if they could celebrate this incredibly fun season by asking Purple Daily listeners to donate to Kirk Cousins Charity. We know it's a great cause. We know Kirk Cousins does a lot of work in and around the communities, not just this one, other communities he's been involved in. KirkCousins.org is the website. KirkCousins.org. 
click on the donate button, whatever you can give, please do. I've made a donation this holiday season. You know it's tax deductible. And by the way, you only got a few days to take advantage of 2022. When you donate, please mention it's on behalf of the Cousins Crusaders of Purple Daily, KirkCousins.org, on behalf of the Cousins Crusaders of Purple Daily. Help make a difference this holiday season. Just like Kirk Cousins is making a difference in all of these wins, you too can make a difference in the world. <laughs> well done, sir. I, I set that one up on a tee for you, so good good work. I'm proud I, of you. Uh, I, would, I can't say I hit a home run because this is a football podcast, but we took the deep shot and the pass was completed. It was. Touchdown. Touch oh, down. Very quick thing that I love when you hear this in the NFL and college football, and I think you guys will all get a kick out of this. I love the official that feels the need after every scoring play to turn his mic on and just go, touchdown. <laughs> and then, like, the official who goes, like, you, you see the field goal is good, and all you hear faintly is the official turns the mic on, kick is good. <laughs> the, that official I am that's here that's for. That's a job. Yeah, <laughs> that official I hear for seven days a week. I cackle every time I hear it. Touchdown. <laughs> I want to stick with quarterbacks briefly just for a moment because we have to address Aaron Rodgers, you guys. Now, I know you guys all think I'm a closeted Packers fan. Maybe I am. I told you guys that Green Bay is going to still be Green Bay at the end of the day. And certainly Aaron Rodgers proved that. I have not seen that man smile so much as he did in yesterday's post-game interview. Uh, obviously, elated, they're still in the hunt. They're still in the chase. Uh, A-Rodge had a pretty solid game. He even took a shot at the Minnesota Vikings, in case you guys missed it, during the post-game comments, saying, yeah, you know, our next two opponents, they play inside, and, you know, they're coming to Lambeau. We'll talk more about the Minnesota-Green Bay matchup come Thursday. But, you guys, how are we feeling today knowing – what uh, what's on the line now come this week. And this game got a lot more important. Actually, it just got important, period, if you ask me. Uh, well, I'm, I'm not afraid of the Green Bay Packers whatsoever. In fact, if I was the Vikings, what I would consider doing is punting this game to them so you get a freebie in round one. Uh, this, this team is not the team that you saw a decade ago. Not afraid of them at all. I'm glad that they're feeling themselves that They've worked their way up to seven and eight. Uh, great. Uh, they're not a team that matches up well with the Vikings. I would so much rather have this dead on arrival Packer team in the first round than basically any other wild card team that you can possibly look at. The the win odds for the rest of the teams coming to Minnesota, they, they would have better odds of winning that game than the Packers. So I, I'm not saying I would I would punt this game to the Packers to to set that up in round one, but I would love. To end the Packers season in the playoffs if it does happen. This is where Thor and I could not be any more different. And I will, <laughs> I'll throw this out there. My trepidation probably is not logical, but nothing about Vikings history is logical. Everything is illogical. I, look, I said on the Twitter machine at Brendel Ross on Saturday, everything was coming up roses for the Packers. Everybody in front of them that could lose did lose. Then they get just an awful performance by two in the Dolphins yesterday. I said this two weeks ago. Green Bay is making the playoffs, which, yes, is tipping my hand to something that we'll talk about in Thor's Hammers on Thursday. Green Bay is making the playoffs. It's going to be awful. The Vikings are going to have, we know, one, potentially two chances to end Green Bay's season. And if they don't do it, 
the blood is on Vikings hands. If green Bay makes a super bowl run, I go back to 2011 and I am vivid about this. Okay. I saw the Packers Super Bowl championship brewing a month before everybody else did. I have Bears fans in my life. I told them, if you let the Packers win week 17 and get into the playoffs, you're going to pay for it when they win the Super Bowl. Not only did Mm -hmm. they let the Packers win in week 17, the Bears then turned around and let the Packers win in the NFC championship game. Oh, but don't worry. The Steelers are going to beat Green Bay in the Super Bowl. It's not a big deal. (laughs) Wrong. (laughs) This is the hell that is our lives, people. If the Vikings can't end this, oh, God, I I can't deal with it. And again, I fully admit that I'm wrong. I could be wrong. I'm panicking. But this is our life as a Vikings fan. If the Vikings don't go to Lambeau and beat Green Bay next weekend, uh, my my quench factor, my whatever you want to call it, it is through the roof. And you say this, Thor texted me yesterday, this isn't the Packers team of 10 years ago. You might be right. (laughs) This Packers team right now, Thor, though, infinitely better than they were a month ago. And dare I say, albeit on the outside looking in, the Packers might be the third best team in the NFC at this moment. Oh, stop it. No, look, they're getting healthier. They're winning games late. They're moving the ball offensively. Their defense, without a doubt, is better than the Minnesota Vikings. Without a doubt. That people are poo-pooing the Packers because they don't want to believe it. Believe it. Russ, they've believe beaten it. the Bears, the Rams, and the Dolphins during this time, and you're crowning them as one of the better. What are we doing here? They're still under five. Have you looked at the I hope they make the playoffs. I hope they make the playoffs. If they do, they will lose by three touchdowns in the first round. They will get the floor mopped with them. I, I hope we again. see it. I hope, so get, I hope, I hope you're right. And I hope, I hope the Vikings wrong. lose on Sunday. So it improves their odds, the Packers' odds of getting the blast. So they get decimated in round one. I, so Aaron Rodgers gets embarrassed and improves his odds of retiring. If, I if am going you to bring up the Packers in every episode. Just to if you don't think this is a possibility, if you don't think this is a possibility and everybody who doesn't believe it, just look at what happened over the weekend. Everybody in my Twitter mentions that laughed at me on Saturday morning suddenly didn't reply on Sunday afternoon. Wonder why that is. <laughs> oh, because I was right, and I'm going to continue to be right, because this is what Vikings fandom is. I'm not saying that the Vikings won't beat the Packers on Saturday. Actually, I probably am. Hat tip to Thursday. But you're getting two cracks at the Packers, at least one, maybe two. You better finish the job, because if you don't, it's going to be nauseating. It's going to be awful, and we're going to hear about it for a year. Now I Finish. hope we go. I hope the Vikings go vanilla on Sunday and let the Packers, <laughs> you know, eke that one out. You give them the participation trophy, just like when they beat the Bears and the mighty Rams, who are now up to what four wins this season, and we let them up to five. Now they'll be on a four-game win streak, and they'll be surging towards the playoffs. Hey, the and we'll smack them around in round one. I'm I'm willing to be well, wrong right? here, <laughs> and I I pray that I'm wrong. But I guarantee you, if you're being introspective and you know Vikings history, I challenge people who believe how I believe to comment on YouTube. I know there's going to be plenty of people that attack me, and I get it. But they're they're basically just denying their inner Vikings fandom is what they're. Yeah, doing. my my therapist asked me to be introspective. I still don't know the definition of that word. But speaking of the Rams and the Broncos game, Nathaniel Hackett gets fired an hour before we come He's on out. this show. 
the Vikings, yeah. the Vikings interviewed that guy. Yes. And actually considered, you want to yes. talk about an all-time sliding doors moment? The Vikings get Kevin Ooh. O'Connell, who we were talking about Jefferson as an MVP candidate. Kevin O'Connell's absolutely a coach of the year candidate. You get him instead of one of the most incompetent NFL head coaches that we have ever seen in our lifetime. Nathaniel Hackett, he cannot be allowed within a 10,000-yard radius of an NFL stadium ever again. Bobby, I mean, just off. I don't think Russell Wilson should be allowed either. That that contract did not work out for Bronco Broncos country. country. They are not let's, riding. Let's ride. You know how you let's knew ride. Nathaniel Hackett was probably in trouble yesterday when I watched way too much the of the points. ending of that game. <laughs> well, the entire game and the entire season. But when Tony Romo yeah. literally spent a half an hour apologizing for Nathaniel Hackett <laughs> and basically begging and pleading that Nathaniel Hackett should be back next year, that was the moment Ooh. I went. I think Tony knows this guy's about to lose his job, but is trying to protect him a little bit. It was bit. from the first I, game with that guy. Do you remember that very first game where they, it was like at the end of the game and they were driving and something and he settled for like a 50 plus yard field goal yeah. instead of trying to win. And it was like, 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 you know, even if yeah, kids who have played Madden before they were looking at the TV, like what's this idiot doing? You know, like just, but every game was like that. I happy we didn't get that guy. Boy, am I glad I called that guy looking at Kevin McConnell. Yeah. (laughs) I am more convinced than ever that NFL teams and college teams need to employ the common guy coordinator or just somebody who can help (laughs) with timeouts and stupid play calls. Because because all of these guys and gals are so smart, they're chronic overthinkers. Except for Nathaniel Hackett, who would yeah, be he's just not smart the, enough. Too yeah, then the common guy, any any common guy that they brought in for the coordinator, Nathaniel Hackett would be like, "Oh, that's interesting. Can you walk me through that?" And as he's doing it, the play clock goes to zero. You know, like something like that. Yeah, perfect. He'll be back somewhere because it's the NFL. Yeah. No, I mean he goes back to the backers. Hackett and the Broncos are a bigger dumpster fire than my fantasy football team, which is just heartbreaking and not great. And it's just a sad sight to see. Really. Sorry. I'm waiting. Obligatory fantasy football mention. Thank really. you for stretching that one out. Yeah, you really You're forced welcome. that one. Yeah. I really forced. It is. It's a hot mess. It's a, it's a brutal hot mess. Uh, I mean, it's over. Yeah. I ranted so long about my fear of the Green Bay Packers, which may or may not be illogical. That is it time for before we dies already, or do you? Well, actually, there's there's there is one other thing. We didn't we didn't go enough uh, uh, nuts enough about T.J. Hawkinson yet, my son. uh, We need to give him a shout out. He's done so fabulous for the Vikings. And yesterday, you know, now nationally people are going nuts. And it was, you know, it's fantasy. Speaking of this is why I brought up fantasy football playoff time. So now everyone is like TJ Hawkinson, TJ Hawkinson, because he's winning people championships left and right. Obligatory fantasy football mention. But boy, has that guy been awesome. I, You know, we talked about this on the episode, like after they, the Vikings traded for him. But I had done the breakdown of the, the different uh, draft picks that went both ways in that trade and the, the points that each of them were worth. In the aggregate, all the Vikings gave the Lions to get TJ Hawkinson. It was the equivalent of, and Ross, get ready for your joke, the number 69 overall pick in the nice. draft. So we the Vikings basically gave up nothing to a team in their division who was fighting for the, the playoffs. And because of that, the bike there, the lions lost him. That might open up the door for the Packers to get in going back to what we were talking about before. So interest, another sliding doors kind of moment for, for both teams. 
All hey, three here, teams, really. Here's a here's another thing. Put this in your uh, ticker file. We do need to do the reviewing of the Vikings draft class. Although at this point, oh, yeah. maybe easier to do that after the Vikings hopefully win the Super Bowl. After the Super but, Bowl, yeah. but I'll, I'll I'll continue to say this: uh, Christian Watson turning into a player, albeit he got injured again yesterday, is only slightly annoying. Sure. Yeah. That's 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 pretty annoying, and I get it. I have no problem trading with within your division, but you better end up winning the trade. And at this point, uh, the Vikings appear to have not won that trade. Still Maybe. early, still early, but it is pretty frustrating that he appears to be turning into a player. Let's do that episode on the on this uh, on our float in the Super Bowl parade, and the dog can come too if he wants. Jesse, I want to see the pup. Can we see the pup? Well, no, you're gonna I'll, once I. My before my we die will have a whole little like showing because I need I've got props, <laughs> but then you can see the pup. She tried to sneak in here. I'm sitting on a floor, by the way, just chilling. So yeah, you again, you continue to look very relaxed and just loving this uh, vacation lifestyle. So good for you. Uh, you yeah. hinted at it, so why don't I just fire it up? I think it's time. Time now for the before we die crew to give us their before we dies. But I didn't. <laughs> Care if I go first? Please. Let's do it. Uh, it is bowl season. Yeah. We have this very nice indoor stadium here in the Twin Cities yeah. that can host football games. Oh, can it I not? I believe there's, there's an NFL team that plays football at uh, U.S. Bank Stadium. Why U.S. Bank Stadium doesn't host something called the 3M Bowl, hosting like crappy Bowling Green and crappy Troy in a pre-Christmas yeah. or New Year's Day oh, bowl. So Troy. The Troy Trojans mm-hmm. were great, great squad. Uh, well, let's, <laughs> well, let's, let's do it. I would go to a third tier bowl game at U.S. Bank Stadium. There's oh. no reason yeah. not to do it. Let's, let's rally Why the not? masses. So, and I do, I do believe for that bowl game. <laughs> no, they travel well. The landscape of college football is changing, and I do believe within a decade we'll no longer have bowl games. We'll probably have a 32-team playoff, which will greatly disappoint me. But while bowl games are still a thing and exist, we need to have a crappy third-tier bowl game in the great state of Minnesota. And the ones that come to my mind are 3M, Best Buy, Target, the Bullseye Bowl. I mean, come on, it writes itself. I, I totally agree. Absolutely. Absolutely. And after the Packers missed the playoffs, maybe they could be in that bowl game against the Packers. <laughs> Thor, don't get is. me wrong. Don't get me wrong, Thor. I want to be wrong. Uh, I want to be wrong. I want you to be right. But Minnesota Vikings history says I will be right. And that terrifies But I feel me. like you guys aren't giving me enough credit for calling this at the beginning of the year. I continuously <laughs> said the Packers are still the Packers. And you're like, oh, no, Jesse, just a Packers fan. Not a Packers how are you, fan. How are you taking record. a victory lap on the on your Packers text? The Packers have been a dog saying, crap all year. I'm getting no I'm getting no. I think this is, this is how we know how – this is how we know how dug in Jesse is on the Packers – I must have had three or four people tweet me yesterday saying I'm starting to sound yes. like Jesse and her Green Bay Packers. <laughs> you people don't get it. In on the joke, I am not a Packers fan. Look, I'm looking straight into the camera. I think because I'm using my phone, I'm not a Packers fan. I am a Minnesota Vikings fan. I just have respect for the Packers a little bit. Like I hate uh-huh. them. I hate them. No, but I and know, I don't even have respect. Know? I'm just annoyed. I'm just annoyed, nauseated. 
and live in a world that as a Vikings fan, anything bad that can happen will happen. Hence yeah. this stupid Green Bay resurgence where every domino falls their way mm-hmm. and now they won't stop winning. Yeah. I'm done. You guys you guys talk and take us home. I'm Laura, let's myself. get here before we die and then fine. Sure. I, I was gonna um I, I, I was gonna pull up a test. So my uh one of my my Packer buddies in town, we're we're gonna go out and watch the game with it was some other, you know, of course the rest of the Vikings buddies, and we're gonna go out to a bar, you know, and so we're 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 on to watch the game on Sunday. So we were making up the plans for that. And so then this morning I wrote a text to that that group thread and I said, Hey KOC and Cam. I know you guys are competitors, but you really need to think about letting the Packers win on Sunday to improve our odds of getting a freebie round one matchup. Just think about it. I'm good with whatever you guys decide, but just thought I'd toss it out to you. And then I said, oh, crap. Sorry, guys. Wrong group thread. Um, anyway, um, on that note, um, I, I, but you know, instead of doing my before I die, I, you know, Jesse, you didn't ask what I got for Christmas. And I wanted to share with you guys the most special present that I got for Christmas, if, if that's okay. For my yes, yes, okay. yes. I'm very hesitant, but yeah, yeah. This is this this is so cool. You guys are really gonna love it. I got ten thousand shares of the Vikings. I am now an owner of the Vikings. Look at this. Look at this right here. It's it's official. So as you can see um, here, I I, I mean got you can't because the... you use yellow marker, which is yeah. you know not a great well, idea no, on white paper. Well, but that's just I, well, I don't know why you're saying that that I made it. Um, you know, it's oh, this is very very official. I you know a Viking <laughs> shareholder. This is ten thousand shares, and it clearly states that I am a Vikings owner. So Jesse, going yeah. forward, I would like for you to address me as such. And what okay. an awesome not Christmas present. That. What a special time I'm now a, a Vikings owner. So this is just really cool. I'm not Bravo. Bravo. <laughs> Bravo. But you know what? I'll give you one school. I'll give you a school for it. Creativity. We appreciate it here on Purple Daily's Before We Die. Uh, my Before We Die, as I mentioned, I am on location at my mom's house. As you know as well, I love hockey. And so does my mom. That's where I get it from. See that beauty of a North Stars jersey? Before I die, probably before this weekend's over, I'm taking that with me, love, and it's going that. to be mine. Yeah, it's it's real, but yeah, and probably all this stuff. In fact, wait, who's, heads, everything. Who, whose jersey is that? Uh, I think it's a no name. We don't do names, but it's real. It's real old too. It's false. I, I don't know why it's hung up there, like some shanty. <laughs> I have a Mike fine. Madonna North Stars jersey that. Um, yeah. Let's just say I probably need to stop eating two to four frozen pizzas a week if I ever want to fit back into that Mike Madonna North Stars. Jersey. Yeah, it's a beauty. But before we die, because then that ties it all in. Kirill Kaprizov doing the school chant and blowing the horn at the Vikings game on Christmas Eve. Too love to see that. Matt Zuccarello, Norwegian, uh, getting back to his roots. Looks like a grand old time. Worlds colliding. We love it. We love all of you guys. Thank you again for tuning in to Monday's episode. Of Purple Dailies before we dive brought to you by Score North. Don't forget to go visit Kirk Cousins Charity, make a donation on behalf of the crazy Canadian Cousins Crusaders. Ross, you owe me money for saying that so quickly and so accurately. Um, Seven and- times is what I want to hear. <laughs> I'm not going to do that either, but just like I'm not going to call Thor an owner. Uh, but <laughs> maybe, maybe someday. As you can uh-huh. see. Again, thank you guys for checking us out. We will have another episode on Thursday. Looking at the Packers game against Minnesota coming up at Lambeau. That should be fun. So be sure to come back and check out Thursday's episode. Uh, As always, share, like, check out all of the Purple Daily content. 
uh, lots of Viking stuff. You know, you know the channels, you know the shows, uh, and hopefully you guys are enjoying this one in particular. Have a great rest of your week. We'll see you on Thursday. Skull Vikings! Duval! First place, Duval and Hennepin!